What's up, Fire Fam? Good morning. It is Saturday, May 22nd. Here we are again. We said we'd be back next week, and uh, we came through, so you can't get mad at us yet. Ryan, today, pretty excited. We're going to do the rest of the rookies, NFC draft review. Uh, really quickly, let's go over some notes. Kind of expected, but... Uh, Nice to hear, especially for you. Dak is expected to be ready for camp. Yep, very excited about this. Yeah, yeah. That that offense just has tons of upside. I'm sure we'll get into it over the remainder of the offseason. Um, ETN taking rookie camp snaps at wide receiver. So Urban Meyer sounds like he wants him to be able to split out, and maybe he wants to get him and James Robinson on the field at the same time. I think – as much as I think that ETN will eventually take over the role, I think that we're going to be very frustrated with this situation. But that remains to be seen. Uh, another, well, Tim Tebow signed with the Jaguars officially, so he's on the roster. We will see if he makes the opening day. Mm. And in more tight end news, Kelvin Benjamin converted to tight end and signed with the Giants. So the year of the comeback non-tight end tight end. And then other huge news, Jeff Driscoll signs with the Texans. So big deal. Houston big is, deal. Yeah, huge deal. I mean, Houston's loading up at quarterback. So I guess we'll see with Deshaun Watson. All the reports so far, anything I've seen says that uh, whoever's complained to him or, you know, complained about him, they're working it out. It seems like, you know, Maybe it was just a lot of smoke, but who knows? The NFL could take action and suspend him. We really, we're kind of in the dark right now, so prepare for the worst. Yep, too soon to tell. Yeah, um, right. Before we get into the NFC rookies, we were going to start a new segment today. Usually, we do the quick question. Uh, we didn't do one last week, but Ryan's taking over. And Ryan, why don't you tell tell the Fire Fam about this new one? I'm, I'm going to do a quick uh, asking for a friend because, you know, we all have a friend, a friend that needs help. And, you know, Alex is, <laughs> is, is the guy to help out. So so this week uh, I've got two questions. I'm going to give you the broad question first, and then I'll give you the specifics oh, after I get your ear. Um, to start out, how do you – what's your outlook on Kyler Murray in – Dynasty leagues right now in a single quarterback dynasty. Single quarterback dynasty. Okay, so right now in dynasty, I've got Mahomes number one. Oh man, I have Josh Allen number two, Lamar number three, Dak number four, and Kyler number five. But I feel like I should probably have Kyler at four just for the rushing upside alone. Um, he was far and away the quarterback one last year through, I think it was week 10 until he injured his shoulder. Um, but I, I mean, he looked good last year. The offense definitely improved. Uh, they, I like that they added Rondo Moore. We're going to get into that. Um, I would say he's right on borderline quarterback four, quarterback five for me. Okay, so now, really asking for a friend. There was a potential offer put on the table for this person. 
to uh, to trade away Kyler Murray. I'm intrigued. Okay. So it would be for somebody like Madison and um, a bench, like a, a prospect quarterback like Tua or Daniel Jones, and potentially picks. Okay. And you said this is single quarterback? Single quarterback. And your friend that has Kyler Murray also has Josh Allen. Okay. But nobody else. But just nobody those else. Two. Do we know what the pick is? I believe it's towards the end of the first in a rookie draft. Okay, so let's let's just say let's just say seven or eight, right? In a ten man league. Yeah. Okay, so Kyler Murray for Alexander Madison, Daniel Jones, and who was the other quarterback? Tua. Tua. And the one oh eight in rookie drafts. Yeah. Not necessarily all of that in one package. Just those are just like options. Okay, I definitely wouldn't do it for any less than that. Yeah, I want to pull up uh, rookie ADP. Give me one second because I haven't done any non-superflex rookie drafts yet. So I want to see what it looks like at the 108, 109. Okay, so you'd be looking at Kyler Murray for let's just say Tua. I think Tua over Daniel Jones, hands down. Tua was a better prospect. Um, I think he has the better outlook over the next few years and probably the rest of his career. So Tua, let's say the 107, 108, and Alexander Madison. And you you do have, or your friend, I'm sorry, your hmm. friend has <laughs> Dalvin Cook, correct? Correct. Okay. So... You got the handcuff. Oh, you know, I lean Kyler only because I don't think that the 107, 108, potential 109 is high, excuse me, high enough for you to land one of the solid, you know, going to have a sick career incoming rookies. And the only reason I'm – I wouldn't settle for a late first round pick is because as you tail off towards the back of that first round, yeah, you have a shot at getting Kyle Pitts possibly if he falls to the 108, 109. Um, but other than that, in single quarterback leagues, everyone else is going to be gone. You're looking at maybe Rondell Moore, Rashad Baton, uh, Javante Williams. And um, from what I remember, I don't think your friend needs help in that league at running back. So you'd be taking like a, a second tier, third tier receiver. I honestly, I would stick with Kyler, or maybe if you can get a better offer, um, go with that. All right, I'll, I'll let my uh, friend know, but uh... <laughs> definitely let the guy know. Uh, it's close. It's close. If it was a little higher, like if it was maybe like the one hundred five, then maybe you got a chance. You know. Devontae Smith could fall. Um, even like Jalen Waddle, you could pair up yeah. Tua with his with his potential uh, downfield threat. So if it was a little bit higher, I would say go for it because you're getting good um, good depth and value. But uh, I would say hold off and keep Kyler for now. 
Fair enough. Uh, a little aside, the problem is uh, that league we're on Yahoo. And for some reason, unlike Sleeper, Yahoo forces you to trade an even amount of picks. Which yeah. I can't stand. But that's, 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 a, that's another, you know, it's another time. Yeah, we could always talk to the commission about, like, uh, passing a trade via, like, uh, verbal agreement and then him going in and adjusting or, like, you know, trading players after the draft, like something yeah. like that. Um, but, yeah, something to look into. All right, Rye, let's get into the rookies. I'm ready. So, first up, we get the NFC East. Um, let's start with the Giants. I just want to say that it seems like every year the Giants go and reach for a player. And I think they reached here with Kadarius Tony. I see that you have his measurables are pretty good. 4'4", 340, um, 96 percentile burst score. But other than that, I just – I mean, they could have had multiple other players to help bolster this offense. Do you have a different outlook on Tony than I do? Uh, not necessarily. So he he's very shifty. You can see the, the measurables um, – on tape, you know, he's he's making a lot of guys miss. Um, but pretty much all of that is just from last season. He didn't do much until his senior season. Um, before then, he, he didn't have a season with more than 250 yards and 25 receptions. Like, that's unless, you know, the University of Florida was, you know, they were missing something. And and just didn't get him the ball until then. It just doesn't make sense for somebody. I know there's a disconnect to me between how kind of good he looked making people miss to how little production he had before his senior year. Mm. I think that, honestly, I think this is just another case of the NFL over. What's the word I'm looking for? Over um, valuing, overvaluing speed and shiftiness. Which I like. I know it's important, but there's there's other factors that that drive a player's success. And you know, like I say it all the time, like Henry Ruggs. Potentially, we'll we'll wait and see with Jim Waddle, John Ross, Tavon Austin. Like, sure, they're shifty, sure they're fast. Um, I think the one thing that Tony does have over them. Oh no, you know, I'm looking at it. He's five eleven, so he's another short, quick guy. I, I yeah. just think that the NFL overvalues these kind of players. So, um, good. A little, you know, more football than fantasy football talk. But after him went Bateman and uh, Elijah Moore. Mm. Um, would you have taken as the Giants? Would you have rather had one of those two? I probably would have taken Bateman over both of those players. But I will say, and I, I believe I said I hyped him up last week. I think Elijah Moore is is a top receiver in this draft class. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a very, very good career. I think that, like, like I said, looks like Antonio Brown on tape. So I would have taken one of those two guys before I took Tony and probably Bateman over all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Next, I see we have Gary Brightwell. Uh, nothing really to see here. Like you said, um, I think mostly anything after round five or six, 
unless it's uh, it was an impactful player in college, usually not going to make much of an impact. So both of these guys, you know, Brightwell, you probably don't even have to be on your radar. And uh, Tony, definitely a stash. Just you never know. He could he could turn into something. Um, let's move over to Philly. Obviously, this kid is amazing. Um, Devontae Smith out of Alabama, taken in the first round by the Philadelphia Eagles. Ryan, um, we saw him win the Heisman. So mm-hmm. we that's a huge deal because that never happens. But I'm going to ask you really quickly, like, do you have an opinion, Devontae Smith over Jamar Chase? Or is it kind of just tied for you because we haven't seen Chase play last year? Um. So if Chase had actually played this year, I'm not sure we would be considering it that closely. Um, I, I think – I mean, he still went – what was it, fifth overall, so – I can't really say he, he dropped being off of the year, but I feel like uh, some people kind of forgot a little bit how good he was. Um, but Chase also has more of the NFL size, especially to be a one, mm-hmm. than, than Smith. So I, I think I would prefer – personally, I think I would take Chase, but – I also think Smith might have an easier opportunity to produce right away. Not that Chase doesn't, uh, but okay. Chase does also have T. Higgins there and Tyler Boyd. Smith, there's, there's not really anybody else going on in, in Philly. Mm. You know, I'm looking at his, his college stats, and usually like I've noticed a trend, and I think you've noticed it too, that when a player breaks out, he usually breaks out, and then the next year, his college production kind of tails off. Well, Devontae Smith broke out. It broke out a little late, later than we like to see. But he broke out 68 for 1256 and 14 touchdowns and came back and won the Heisman on 117, 1856, 23. So it's good to see him get better every year in college. And actually, like, that kind of – just now I just changed my own mind and he moved up a little higher in my preseason, at least thought rankings. Um, but this honestly, like you will never know what that offense would have looked like with Jalen Waddle because he didn't play the whole year. So it does Smith win the Heisman. I don't know. Um, but it definitely is. Like you said, it's great to get, Jalen Hurts, a true number one. And uh, this kid's always going to be open, so he's going to get a ton of targets. He's an easy top five rookie pick for me in super flex and in single quarterback. So I'm wheels up for Devonta Smith. Yes, sir. Another uh, – this this next one is another kind of makes Intriguing. me sad. Um. Just it's just a poor backfield decision for a team who has a potential workhorse. In the fifth round, the Phillies took Kenneth Gainwell. And as a Miles Sanders owner, this just makes me so sad. I think it really diminishes his value. 
And I think Gainwell is going to get a majority of the passing work. I mean, this is a kid who kept Antonio Gibson off the field when yeah. Antonio Gibson was at Memphis. So you know he's got some play. He's got the skill set, and he's just going to take he's going to take work away from another potential workhorse running back. Yeah, he uh, he looks like a just. He's not one of those running backs that kind of struggles to catch the ball. He looks pretty natural doing it. Um, in the little bit of film I did, he he was lining up all over the place. It wasn't just the backfield. And I, I can't see why Philly wouldn't use him just like that. They'll, they'll run some routes out of the backfield. They'll stick him in the slot. And, I mean, may, maybe they'll have him on the fields occasionally at the same time as Sanders. But I think he'll end up getting – most of the third down work. Yeah, I think it's inevitable. Um, he's he's definitely smaller in stature than Sanders. He's only five foot eight. Um, you know, Sanders has got him by a couple inches and about ten pounds. Five foot eleven, two eleven. But I, I just don't like this at all for Miles Sanders. You, now you kind of forced to, to take Kenny Gainwell because he's going to provide that receiving work that's so valuable for us. So uh, he's going to be a bench stash for us. Mm-hmm. Brian, why don't you um, why don't you talk about Washington's first receiver pick, or only receiver pick, I should say. Yeah. Um, I don't, didn't get a lot out of uh, – so it's wide receiver Diami Brown uh, from North Carolina. Um, from what I can see, it looks like he, he wins downfield a lot despite being just uh, six foot 185. Um, he's got decent, you know, a little, little above average speed and burst. Um, I would anticipate him starting out the year as the wide receiver three, definitely behind McLaurin and and likely also behind uh, the free agent pickup Curtis Samuel. Uh, what, what are you thinking? Uh, I'd like to see him run more than just nine and eight routes. Okay, so for the audience that doesn't know, there's a passing tree. Numbers one through nine, receivers run. Nine and eight, nine is a straight go. I'm going downfield. I'm running straight. Try and catch me. Eight is a post. So faking faking the go route and cutting in diagonally across the field towards the safety. This is mostly what I saw Diamond Brown run. I would like to see him improve his route tree. But like you said, he's quick. He's got speed and burst. And he wins downfield despite his size. And I actually think he plays stronger than his size. He, he was mm-hmm. quick to accelerate, and um, <clears throat> he, he was powerful after the catch. So with Fitzmagic there, it, you could see some deep shots. I don't think he's going to have it like a super, super huge impact this year, but definitely something to look you know down the road because Curtis Samuel is now on a second team, and he was uh, definitely a viable receiver at Carolina. But I just I like Diami's Brown, Diami Brown's profile, and uh, I like seeing him go to uh, Fitzpatrick and the Washington football team his first year, so we could see how he does downfield. So, yeah, I think a lot of his uh, dynasty outlook might actually depend on what they do after Fitzmagic. Mm. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's we'll a that's a story for another season. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, many seasons later. But that's all right. Yeah. Um, 
All right, I'm going to jump in for the one Cowboys offensive pick. Yeah, let's finish out the NFC East. Uh, wide receiver Simi Fahoko from Stanford. They didn't take him till the fifth round. So he uh, he managed some tough catches in traffic, but he did not have a lot of production in college. But what he does have is, you know, what all the NFL teams love, size. 6'4", 220. And he was actually pretty quick. Two, um, Four four nine forty, and his uh, speed score was ninety fifth percentile, which uh, they they make the speed scores like a balance between a guy's size and what his forty time. So a, a five eight you know guy who runs you know a four three five forty is actually not going to have as high of a speed score as someone like Fahoka who's six four and running a four four nine. Um, he's also got a pretty high percentile on catch radius. Um, and hand size, uh, his, but I think his future fantasy value comes down to improving the route running, and at least for this year, he's going to be behind Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, but the plus side is that after this year, Michael Gallup is an unrestricted free agent, so there is potential um, if he you know improves the route running to be a pretty big factor in this you know pass-heavy offense after this year. Yeah, um, like you said, size and speed, it's kind of like the the prototype alpha receiver that everyone dreams about. Um, I'm going to leave this little nugget here now that you mentioned Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup could be a sneaky good buy at the end or like the middle to the end of this year in Dynasty because he's going to be switching teams, I would assume. I don't think yep. that Dallas is going to keep him on. So he can go somewhere where he could actually have an impact. But that's a topic for another day. Um Unfortunately, Fajoko right now could be like a distant sixth in the pecking order. You know, if you include Zeke and either Dalton Schultz or Blake Jarwin. So you can you can probably get the scout the waivers. Um, I didn't even hear of him until we started doing the write-ups on these rookies. Yeah, same. So you, it's definitely a taxi squad stash and uh, somewhere someone you don't have to pick you know, use a high draft pick on. Let's move over to the NFC West. Um, I alluded to this guy earlier, and this this makes me really excited. So Rondell Moore taken from Purdue, second round by the Arizona Cardinals. I think that this brings a new dimension to the offense in Arizona. Um, uh, I'm just, I want to, you know, say that we're we're not happy with his final year of production. But when I went in and took a closer look, he actually averaged 12 catches a game, um, which is crazy. He was really only on pace for like a super, super low amount, you know, uh, considering 12 catches a game. But I think this is a great pick for the team even though he's a little smaller in size, uh, Kyler can, Kyler can sling it, man. And yeah. this having this short area target to, to kind of like dump it off to when DeAndre's getting double teamed, triple teamed in the intermediate and deep levels of the field. I think he's going to be a PPR monster and he definitely has the after catch ability to make huge impact for this team. Uh, I I do agree with you. Um, 
it's there, there's a lot to like and not like. Uh, like, like you said, he was, he didn't do a lot senior year, but he had a young breakout age, which which is one of the things we look for. Um, but he it's it's strange that he didn't he did so much production as a freshman, but then the next couple of years it was like it mostly faded out. Um, he's also not a very big receiver, um, so he'll have he. Yeah, I don't know. I like him, but I'm. I feel like this one could go either way. It definitely sounds like you're torn. I th- I, I'm am. I'm higher on Rondo more than you are. I think, which is fine. Um, I think it definitely, like you said, go could go either way. It's like having Danny Woodhead out there running routes at the slot. Yeah. Um. So he's not gonna. He's not gonna make that many physical plays. But I definitely like him in that offense with Kyler. And with his uh, quick shifty speed set, um, we're going to move over to LA, to one of the LA teams, the Rams. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, Basically what? the same receiver. Yeah, uh, we, there's a lot of these in this class: uh, shorter, quick, shifty, um, you know, good top end speed. But this, what we said last year, the Rams didn't have a first round pick. And they went Cam Akers in the second round. And then I believe Van Jefferson was either a third or fourth round pick. I could be wrong on that. But then, again, here we go. The Rams, no first round pick. And who did they take? A receiver in the second round. And then they doubled up and took a receiver tight end in the fourth round. So this just confirms my bias for Sean McVay that he is he's he just loves Madden and he's has my exact sentiment in Madden. You don't need defense if you can outscore your opponent. Yep, yep. I don't I didn't really see anything I loved about Tutu Atwell. Like you said, he's kind of the same player as Ronda Moore and even more of a risk at 155 pounds. Yes. But besides him being a stash, there's a lot of targets to go around in this offense. There's also a lot of targets to throw to. The next guy really excites me. Tell us about Jacob Harris. All right. So Jacob Harris uh, is out of uh, Central Florida, fourth round pick. Now, it's actually, I seem listed as a split wide receiver tight end. So this depends on what they want to do with him. But the guy is giant. 6'5", 220, and ran a 4'4", 40, which is... Uh, 95th percentile speed score, 96th percentile burst, 91st agility, 99th catch radius. It's it's insane. Um, but those are all based on wide receiver stats, although I don't see why they'd be much different for they might even be higher if you if they compare them to other tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I could be wrong, but I feel like they um McVeigh could transfer him over to tight end with his size. Um just take advantage of of that giant uh in the red zone have them you know just go over people the downside that i see though is that he's already 24 and he had zero college production until he was already 22 Mm. yeah you know we don't like to see that we want to see the early breakout age what what doesn't worry me about his age is that it usually takes tight ends a couple of years in the league to really develop and 
and get it together, even if you are like an elite prospect. So I'm not too upset about the age. I'm really excited about this guy, if only for the fact that his measurables are off the charts and he's going to be a tight end in a Sean McVay offense. Not Jared Goff with your quarterback anymore. It's Matthew Stafford. So you know the guy can sling it. Yep. He's not afraid to go downfield. And I think we could be looking at the next Travis Kelsey. And I and I'm not saying that in vain of Travis Kelsey because listen, he's a once in a lifetime guy and he's in the perfect situation. But I think that's what we see here. Uh, Jacob Harris is a once in a lifetime, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, immeasurable, you know, strictly raw physical traits prospect. And he's in a great situation. He's in an offense that is going to run a ton of plays. Uh, Sean McVay is very creative with his guys. And now you have a competent quarterback to, uh, to let it go. So uh, he could actually be something, uh, and honestly, you may not even have to pay up for him because no. everyone thinks the tight ends in these cl- in this class are are not as good as years prior, and having Kyle Pitts at the top helps that. So definitely stash this guy. A lot of these guys are going to be stashes, you know. Besides the besides the top uh, the top couple players who could produce right away. Um, let's move it over to Seattle. So, really oddly enough, um, Seattle took a receiver. And this, for me, is a real head-scratcher because Pete Carroll made it a point to vow to run the ball more this year. And I honestly thought that that meant they were going to get Najee Harris. I wouldn't be surprised if Dwayne Eskridge – I don't even think I said his name. Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan picked in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson lit it up to him. You know, he's he's got definitely speed to burn. Um, unfortunately, he's behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But we've seen before that Russell Wilson gets these new toys. Um, Doug Baldwin one year, Tyler Lockett the next year, DK Metcalf the next year. Russell Wilson loves to throw to a new receiver. So uh, we'll see if this becomes anything. But, I mean, just – a head scratcher for Seattle, and I don't think it's great for Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf's value. Uh, no, here's um, <clears throat> this is a similar tale to what we just said about the Rams last year. Seattle only had three picks in this draft. That's it, and the first one they used was on Eskridge. Uh, so the way I'm looking at it, with with that little that little capital, they must have a plan for Eskridge. Otherwise they wouldn't have used him with so, so little to work with. Um, So he's going to come in and be the wide receiver three. Um, I see your note here. I didn't realize that Eskridge is older than Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. So he's already 24. He's, he's going to be behind Metcalf and Lockett and Metcalf, I believe is only 20 is 23 and he's already, He's going to be going into his third year. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure I see the value, especially if Kyle is not lying and they do go, you know, run the ball more. If they open it up like they did in the first eight games or so last year, th- there will definitely be games where he's usable. Mm-hmm. But if Kyle sticks to the, you know, we're going to run, we're going to run. 
I don't know if there's going to be enough of a pie for Eskridge to take advantage of. Yeah, this is um, the, I'm with you. I'm probably not taking him in dynasty, um, but there, there are worse landing spots than in Seattle with Russell Wilson. So you never know. Um, Ryan, why don't you move us over to San Francisco and tell us about their potential future? All right, this is going to be one of those debated picks, maybe not between us, but just in general. Uh, 49ers with the third pick go quarterback Trey Lance, when a lot of people thought they would go either Mac Jones or Justin Fields. I did. Yeah. He's uh, out of North Dakota State, uh, which is an FCS school, so competition's a little lighter. Um, and you know what, Alex, I, I looked, looked at him a bunch. I'm still not really sure where to go with him. Uh, his, you know, some I, I tried to do a little pros and cons thing. You know, he's six four, two twenty six, and he's very fast. Twenty. He also had twenty eight passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Zero interceptions in twenty nineteen, with eleven hundred yards rushing and another fourteen touchdowns. Cons though, he only had that one season of productivity. He only played one game in twenty twenty before shutting it down to prepare for the draft. And I, I actually watched some of that game, you know, live, and I didn't see a lot. But you know, I'm not an NFL scout. Uh, um, like I said before, he played in the FCS, so the competition is not as strong as the guys playing in. in it's you know not the FBS anymore, but you know, the Ohio States and the Clemson's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I honestly, I think his career could go either way. I think him being paired with Shanahan is potentially the best case scenario for him. If if any offensive minded coach can can make use of what Lance does best, I think it is Shanahan. Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in a little spicy right now. <clears throat> uh Yeah, I uh, may and honestly probably would take Trey Lance ahead of Justin Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence in single quarterback leagues. And here's why. Okay. Here's That's why. spicy. He's going to run more than Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. We know over the last couple of years that that baseline of rushing is enormous when it comes to just having a solid fantasy output for a quarterback. I think that he's got that over Lawrence right now this year, hands down. He's got the weapons over Lawrence with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the the bevy of running backs, and Kyle Shanahan's stable. Um, I think we could be looking at a top 10, top 8, maybe if he picks it up on the, the passing ability, a top 6 quarterback. Um Honestly, like as I've played fantasy over the years, my tune has changed, and I think that Russian quarterbacks are the future. You know, they're so yep. super valuable. They they give you uh, a great floor and a potential ridiculous ceiling on a week to week basis. So he he's got a great scheme to be in, um, great player for the scheme. Well, uh, and we'll probably even see Kyle Shanahan mix his scheme up now that he has this new uh, toy to play with behind the line of scrimmage. So I'm pretty excited for Trey Lance. And uh, that's, that's my take. All right. But do you, 
They still had Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you think Trey Lance is a starter week one? I don't think he plays more than half of this year as a starter. Uh, I think that Shanahan's smart, and he knows that Garoppolo is at least competent. Yeah. Not to mention that this year they'll have Kittle back. They'll have Samuel, Samuel back. That defense will be back to full strength. So I think that Shanahan does let him sit this year. Um, so you, you, you're burning a, a top two, top three pick in Superflex. If you're me, you're burning your first overall pick in single quarterback. But this is a you, – you want this guy on your bench because if you have need help at quarterback – this guy can make a huge difference. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move on to uh, the running back that they grabbed in the third round. Cause uh, you know, they can never go. have enough. Here we uh, go. All right. Trey, Trey Sermon from Ohio state. Uh, there's always room for another running back in this team. Always. And we'll, we'll see that Sermon is not the only one they took. So to me, he didn't, really pop off the film the way that someone uh, like ATN or Javante Williams did. Uh, I can't, I couldn't decide if he was showing patience waiting for the hole to open up or if he was just slow getting to it. Cause I, I honestly, most of the time I thought he was just going the same speed. It was, it was really hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but again, it's Shanahan and he seems to get production out of whatever running back they put on the field. So if, if he, is the starter for a game? He's going to be usable. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, we we talk about it all the time. This is a great scheme for a running back. Uh, running backs always get production in this offense. Um, I agree. Sermon didn't wow me when I watched him, but he does do everything at least average to above average. He's not just like a he's not a one trick pony. He's not just a speed guy. He's not just a physical guy. He can do it all. What I did think he excelled at was his vision. Um, I will say this, that just from watching the tape between North Carolina, University of North Carolina, and Ohio State, they're probably the two best offensive lines in the entire FCS. Um, so he did run behind a great offensive line, but that doesn't change the fact that his vision was excellent. Um he had huge holes to run through, but if you watch him, he always has his head on a swivel and he's always looking for an outlet to get out and pick up those extra yards. Um, it, I mean, this could be a solid pick if Kyle Shanahan decides to make him the workhorse, but I don't really see that happening because in the sixth round, he took Elijah Mitchell, another running back. And... This, I mean, this is kind of what we expect from Kyle Shanahan at this point. Yep. Like, don't don't tell that man that running back isn't important. Nope. Because he has a legitimate stable of horses in that backfield. Like, there's so many. It's so silly. Um, <laughs> I just saw here, <laughs> like in Mean Girls, yes, uh, the limit does not exist for, yep. Kyle, for running backs in a Kyle Shanahan offense. But right now... This is waiver wire fodder. But don't waste your pick on Elijah Mitchell, hoping that he's going to be the workhorse because Kyle Shanahan proves time and time again that he doesn't want a workhorse. No. I can't. So, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, what are they up to? Five, six? I don't even. I can't keep track anymore. 
Well, we got Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon. I'm pretty sure we're forgetting. Don't they still have? Uh, I feel like we're forgetting someone. Um. Oh man, I'm really the guy they got from Atlanta. Why? Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Is Tevin Coleman still on the? I don't know. I feel like he might have moved this year. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna vet that really quickly. Okay. Uh. It looks like he is. Oh no, he's a Jet now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but still. Yeah, I'm sure they'll find a few more to. You know that room's not quite full enough. The fact that we can't remember who is exactly the running back on the 49ers is the point. Is all the point that we need. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the NFC North. Uh, this pick I'm really excited about. We're going to start out with the Chicago Bears. They took Justin Fields. Oh man. In a, this was a steal of the draft, I think, possibly. Uh, Trade, they took at, up. Yeah, they took him at the 110, if I'm not mistaken. I think it, um, it was um, it was 11. The 11th pick. Yeah. Uh, regardless, like easily, you heard me say it before, or maybe I didn't say it, I skipped over it, but I thought that Justin Fields was the pick for San Francisco. Yeah. So um, – I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's got nice touch when he needs to drop it in between defenders. Uh, he's got the the speed for a quarterback that you want, and he'll provide that rushing baseline. But I think this guy's actually more of a pocket passer than we expect out of a, a quarterback who has the speed. Um, when I was watching him play, it looked like he had some problems with the blitz. And which at Ohio State shouldn't have been a problem because that offensive line was ridiculous. Yep. But he also has a slower throwing motion than I like to see, even though it is smooth on his release. Unfortunately, he doesn't throw super well with anticipation. Like uh, I noticed that when he throws bombs downfield, he throws them late, and receivers who have, you know, three, four, five yards on a defender have to like slow up and come back for the ball. And it's not that he doesn't have the arm strength, I think it's just like, his timing is off. Uh, but with all that being said, all the trash I just threw on Justin Fields' profile, I do think that he's the future of the, of the Chicago Bears, and I am pretty excited about um, his outlook and the outlook of this offense. Yeah. Um, so you kind of bash him a little bit. So it's kind of the same feeling I had looking at Trey Lance, where it's kind of like there's things I like, but then things I'm not sure about. Like you said, he's really fast for quarterback like four or five, which is ridiculous for for quarterback, especially given his size. Um, he had a pretty good quarterback rating in college, but his stats also got worse from junior year to senior year. So he comes back to college, but doesn't didn't seem to really improve. So I, I'm. And a lot of this comes down to if they will let him develop. They Bears did bring in Andy Dalton, so now you never know with Matt Nagy, but I assume that Andy Dalton will be the starter and Fields will at least get half a season of development time before he's made the starter. We we would hope. We would hope. That's the hope for everyone, but we all know how fan bases are. Um Yeah. As soon as uh, Dalton throws a pick, it's going to be. Oh, yeah. The, the Justin Fields cries are going to be yeah. ridiculous. But that 
that marketing team should have a field day with Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean the 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 lines right. right themselves. Very nice. Yeah. Let's uh let's let's pick it up a little bit. <clears throat> so let's go to Green Bay. Finally, the Packers drafted a receiver. I mean, how long and how long did we have to wait? What do you think yeah. of Amari Rogers? All right, so I kind of have a theory here. So they're looking at it two ways. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back, they can fool everybody by still having an A Rodgers on the team. <laughs> they can say, no, no, look, Rodgers is here, and, and, and people just won't realize. We still got him. We still got him. But in reality, uh, I think if Aaron Rodgers is back, Amari Rodgers should be a good fit for him. Um, I still don't understand why they waited so long. Even in this draft, it's a third-round pick with a whole bunch of quality receivers going before him. Uh, but I would anticipate Amari Rodgers running out of the slot and, pro- and have Adams and likely Lazard on the outside. Mm-hmm. And we, we've seen in Aaron Rodgers' time, he has, when he likes the slot receiver, he's shown a preference for throwing to them pretty often. So Jordy Nelson ran a lot out of the slot. Randall Cobb ran a lot of the slot. And Rodgers would throw to them constantly. So if he, if Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, comes back, or stays, I should say, and he develops a connection with Amari, it could actually be a pretty good uh, – he could be pretty fantasy useful. Yeah, you could do worse as Aaron Rodgers' number two receiver. And I do think yeah. that he has the potential to be that, like you said, running out of the slot. Um, Rodgers has rapport there. Uh and I think you have, if Rodgers sticks around, or Aaron Rodgers, that is, you have at least another three, four years of quality play at him. So you can you can get some value with Amari Rodgers in Dynasty. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I would I would definitely take him when the time is right in maybe like the late second, early third round in a rookie draft. Where did I get? I think I took him in the third, right? I, I think th- so, yeah. yeah. That's, that sounds about right. Um, okay, let's move over to Minnesota. Kellen Mond was taken in the third round. And I actually don't hate this pick, um, even though, and I'm, I don't like, I'm going to tell you a stat in a minute. I don't like his completion percentage outside the numbers. So he doesn't really have the arm talent, but he improved as a game manager over his final few years. And um, when he came out of high school, he was the number one recruited dual threat QB. So he's got the history as a prospect. But he completed only just 35% of his intermediate throws outside of the numbers and only 26% of his deep throws outside the numbers. So he doesn't really have the arm talent to make those uh, every throw on the field. But Kirk Cousins is kind of a game manager in my eyes, even though an above average one. So this could be a great landing spot for him if he develops and if he's able to um, have some time to develop. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I see him as a obviously a pure stash right now. Um, he he doesn't have any usability this year unless Cousins gets gets injured. And, you know, nobody wants to see that. Mm. Um, I, I can see some of the escapability on film. He's able to uh, move around a little bit, uh, not have the first guy take him down usually. Um, but yeah, like you said, he'll he'll need time to learn 
develop. You should have at least two years of development behind Cousins. And then, you know, at that point, we'll see if, you know, he can be a, a true starter. Mm. And after that, in the fourth round, they took Kenny Longu. Um, I'm going to keep this super short, not just because we're short on time, but this is this is my this is my analysis on Kenny Nwangu. College production, terrible. Draft capital, not that great. Athletics, actually off the charts. Like, holy god. Mm-hmm. Backfield, backfield competition. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, not great. But I'm going to leave this little. Fact right here. When I watch him on tape, he looks like a Damian Tomlinson. Yes. So I'm kind of thinking in the same vein. Let me, you know, let me know if I'm missing something. But why didn't Ohio, uh, Ohio State, Iowa State use him more? Like his production is basically not there. That is a phenomenal he, question. He really seems like he would be like the home run hitter guy. But like they, they never use them. I, I don't. It's it's honestly it's uh, mind blowing to me. I don't really haven't really followed Iowa State since uh, 2016. But that is interesting that his first year was 2016. Looks like he may have redshirted his sophomore year because he didn't play again until he was 21. And then obviously you know. We hate seeing older players in college, but man, this guy's measurables are off the charts, dude. He's compared to Corey Grant on uh, on Player Profiler, and I just think that's a disservice because he really does look like Tomlinson on tape. He is quick, he's got burst, he's strong, and uh, he's shifty, and he knows where he's going. He, he finds the holes, and he, dude, when he's in the open field, oh my god, he's gone. Yeah, then nobody can catch him. No, so he looks like Tomlinson. Take that as you may. You probably don't have to draft him until the end of your rookie drafts, but this is a stash that I want. And honestly, I'm probably going to pick him up right now when we hear Brian talk about I'm on Ross St. Brown. Brian, did I just call you Brian? I don't know. <laughs> if I did, I apologize. Uh, all right, so you want me to get um, – all right. So, yeah, to me, I, I didn't go a lot into, like, his stats and whatnot. I, I find that I'm on Ross St. Brown, is, his value is – purely based on where he landed. Um, the Lions don't have a lot of receiving options right now. Kenny Galladay's gone. Marvin Jones is gone. So, you know, if, if the Egyptian god himself can step up, he <laughs> has a chance to produce early. That's awesome. Uh, uh, no one knows. I, I had to look it up to, to be sure that I was... Uh, Yes. Getting the right. Nope, you're right. I'm I'm a huge um, Egyptian mythology fan. Yeah. So when I saw that name, I think this is actually Equinemius St. Brown's brother, if I'm not mistaken. You're right, yes. Um, this isn't a super exciting pick, but I do think he walks into a situation where there's a ton of targets available, and he could be the number one this year. Uh, Jared Goff is more than competent, and even though like Sean McVay babied him the last couple of years, I think he, he might have a chance to open it up this year. And besides Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, this could be the number one receiver on the offense, like actual wide receiver. Yeah. So you could do worse. And I don't mind taking him in the second round based on just pure volume alone. 
All right, now now let's get to the really exciting one. Oh yeah, yeah I, and if you want to take this one, feel free because this is this is your guy now. All right, so Atlanta Falcons, round one, Kyle Pitts tight end. If there was ever a rookie tight end to make an immediate fantasy impact, it's this guy. Uh, everything looks good. He's, his his metrics, he's huge, 6'6", six, six, uh, fast. Um, his tape looks good. The landing spot is good. Atlanta hasn't really had a significant um, tight end in a couple years. Um, what's... Uh, why am I blanking on that guy's name now, too? Tony Wells. Now, um, who just went went to the Browns? Yeah. Yeah, so. And Matt Ryan's shown, you know, you know, a desire to throw to the tight end when he has a good one. So I think Pitts could end up being like Kelsey. Maybe not. I'm not going to say he's on that level, but the kind of tight end that you can put in your lineup every game for, like, the next – 10 to 12 years and not have to worry about streaming a tight end, which is why I took him in the first round surprise. I actually got him at the sixth pick. Yeah, me too. Especially in that's a super flex league that I run that Ryan got him at the sixth pick because he could easily be a top three pick in, in any rookie draft. I mean, the generational talent, uh, his physical skills are off the charts. Another tight end who has just super great immeasurables. Um, so do I think that he's going to have a ton of yards and a ton of catches this year? Uh, probably not. But do I think he could – like it could be a lock for 10 touchdowns being that we know Julio Jones isn't going to catch him. Um, and he's just a big body man for the red zone. So, like, I, I love this pick. I love the player. Um, he's he's going to be exciting to watch. And you're right. Like, lock this guy into your lineup for the next 10, 12, maybe even 15 years, who knows. But he's going to be a force in this league, and I really hope they don't move him to receiver and he loses his tight end eligibility because that's a that's a big part of what makes Kyle Pitts such an impressive and uh, exciting prospect. Yeah, I would probably cry like just <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, that would be sad. You'd lose that – plus uh, tight end premium. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that he'll be made a good use of, and I'm sure he's going to stick with tight end. Yeah. Uh, let's let's switch over to New Orleans. Not much to see here with Ian Book, round four pick, a quarterback. Uh, I mean, the quarterback controversy in New Orleans is already speculated on. Is it going to be Jameis? Is it going to be Taysom Hill? We don't know. And this is keep them in the back of your mind in case those two work out or I'm sorry, don't work out, but I don't think you need to use a pick on Ian book. I think he's going to be on the waiver wire in your dynasty league and you'll be able to scoop him up. If anything happens with Taysom or Jameis. Yeah, I'm good to move on. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Uh, Carolina Panthers took two offensive players this year. Um, in round two, they took Terrace Marshall, prospect out of LSU. Obviously, he played with Justin Jefferson. He played with Jamar Chase. He played with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So a very, very crowded offense. And, you know, he really didn't produce 
all that much, honestly, probably because he didn't get the opportunity that he would have gotten on another team. But I do like seeing his um, 40-yard dash, speed score, and burst score are all above 80th percentile. And he was running a 4-4 at his pro day at 6'2", 205. So he's got the size, he's got the speed, but there's there's not too many targets to go around once you factor in DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey, who you know is going to get over 100. See, I am a little more excited about this pick than you, I think. I, I agree that this year he's maybe not as usable. Uh, but I believe Robbie Anderson is in the last year of his contract, and if Marshall steps up, I don't, I'm not sure they bring him back. But I, I really feel like this could end up being a steal for the Panthers. Cool. I mean, his he didn't have as much production, but I think it's because of you know everyone else he had around him at LSU. Definitely, because you're right. All of his metrics are good. He looks good on tape. He still had 13 touchdowns his sophomore year with Joe Burrow and 10 touchdowns. Uh, this past year. So I, I don't know. I really I liked what I saw. I hope that's not just biased because I picked him in the second round of our draft, but <laughs> I I think down the line, especially after Anderson leaves, he can be a very solid uh, duo with DJ Moore. The only thing that worries me about Anderson leaving is that Sam Darnold is now the quarterback. Fair. So they, they have had a connection in the past, so I'm interested to see how that works out this year. But I do agree with you that if Robbie Anderson leaves, Terrace Marshall immediately steps in as the number two receiver on this team. Uh, okay. So two rounds later, the Panthers took Chuba Hubbard. Round four pick, running back. Um, I didn't realize this, but he had a ridiculous sophomore year. He ran over 2,000 yards on 320-plus carries. 6.4 yards per carry. Um, but then, like I alluded to before, he came crashing back to earth his junior year. Really, really pedestrian, 4.7 yards per carry. Um, I view him as a very, very high-end handcuff. And it makes him a potential league winner if McCaffrey goes down again. But if McCaffrey's healthy, I mean, we've seen him get all the work, and he's going to continue to get all the work. Yeah, this the usability of Hubbard is purely down to the health of Christian McCaffrey. Like he's a very high quality hand handcuff, like high enough that I think even in redraft he might be worth you know getting down on the end of your bench if you're the McCaffrey owner, mm -hmm. just in case. Um, but while McCaffrey's healthy, he's gonna have very little to no standalone value. So he'll be using up a spot on your bench just in case that day happens. Yeah, but you're right though. You got to take him probably like 11, 12, 13th round. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in redraft mode. Uh, you're taking Hubbard in your dynasty draft. Probably third. Probably, yeah, probably third. He might, someone might be higher on him because of his breakout sophomore year and might take him in the second round. But um, let that person take that landmine and go get someone who's going to make a difference for your team. Let's move it over to Tampa Bay. Two picks on the offense this year, um, which is surprising because their defense was so good. So I was, they did bolster the offensive line a little bit, but they took Kyle Trask in round two. And 
I think that he's going to get a really, really great chance to work behind Brady for the next uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years, however long Brady is going to play. Yeah, at least that, yeah. Yeah, at least that. Um, and he's going to get his chance to develop and, and, and sit back and watch the GOAT play. So I'd like to see him get the ball out of his hand a little quicker. But he did a lot in 2020 to prove to me that he's improving as a passer and uh, on both sides, you know, his abilities and production. So it's a great landing spot. Obviously, just the taxi squad stash until Tom Brady decides to hang it up, which could be never. Um, but he went to a great coach and offensive mind. And the quarterback whisperer, if I'm, you know, I'd be surprised if he didn't get anything out of Kyle Trask. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a good spot for him to be able to develop, assuming Brady ever retires. Um, he, he, you know, he had a really good year last year, but I don't know. At the moment, I feel like there's not too much to go into because, yeah, it's it's Brady and he's going to be around forever. Yeah, pure speculation. Um Let's move it over to our last NFC rookie. Rounding out the class of undersized, speedy receivers is Jalen Darden taking a round four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, his agility score is through the roof. I'm going to pull it up really quickly because I didn't write it down. Jalen Darden has an agility score of 94th percentile. So it's 10.77. There's a drill that they do. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but the 10.77 is seconds. And 94th percentile is the percentile. So you know the kid can move. But another undersized receiver, like I said, 5'8", 174. Um, other than his shiftiness, I don't really see anything that differentiates him from any of the other guys who are exactly like this in the class. Like he... Uh, He's just like a, a poor man's Rashad Bateman, Rondo Moore. Um, and he's also landing in a very crowded receiving room. So another taxi squad stash. He probably won't get that much play, maybe even following, because, I mean, the Bucks have a, just a slew of wide receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Scotty Miller, Tyler Irvin. No. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Oh, man, I'm not good with names today. I'm calling you Brian. Tyler Johnson, who was actually more highly touted coming out of college than I realized. But I just don't see this happening for Darden anytime soon. Yeah, this is a really bad spot for him. Um, and you, you actually brought up the name I'm most sad about, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I was very excited about him coming out last year. Uh, I grabbed him in our league, put him on. Uh, my my taxi squad all last year, mm. and with them bringing back Antonio Brown, and now they've drafted Darden. I'm getting less excited about Tyler Johnson. I forgot about Antonio Brown. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Darden's going 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 to be getting much use this year. Um, maybe he'll have a couple breakaway catches, but it's nothing we're going to be able to rely on. <clears throat> yeah. Not, not when he's got five guys ahead of him just that's in the wide receiver room. 
it's a shame because his college production was really, really nice the last couple of years. He scored 31 touchdowns his junior and senior year. Um, his, his dominator scores. Yeah, yeah. His senior high. year, he had a 35% uh, target share on his team. Yeah. So, well, I mean, maybe down the road, we'll see. But like I said, purely just a stash. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for the rookies in the NFC. This is great. Really excited. This gets me excited for for the rookies. This gets me excited for football season because we know what's coming right around the corner. And uh, that's going to be it for us. Peace out, Firefam. All right. See you.